Welcome to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini, a podcast where we meet the extraordinary talents, both on stage and off, working at Opera Australia. These conversations were all originally filmed for our streaming service, OATV. You can find more online at tv.opera.org.au, as well as full productions and behind-the-scenes footage. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to OATV. And my very special guest today, Philip Quast. So, Philip, welcome to OATV. Thank you very much, Lyndon. It's wonderful to be here and with you. It's great to see you. Thank you. Um, and a lot of our viewers will know you from Play School. Yes. Uh, but also as, um, well, those um, incredibly memorable performances of um, as Javert in Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. But I guess those, you were sort of doing those two things round about the same time, yeah? I think I was. I actually distinctly remember renovating my house uh, with a mask on, which is familiar to us all at the moment. (laughs) Yes, it is. Going to to Les Mis at night, showering, getting my overalls off, getting all the dust out of my hair, doing that performance, getting up, doing shooting a play school in the morning at the ABC in Gore Hill, and then coming home, doing another four or five hours renovation on the house, then going going into school, shall I say. fantastic. Yeah. But how was it? I mean, there's such very different characters. And... Well, yes and no. You see, I've, I've had a very, as you probably know, a very, very varied career. Absolutely. And in fact, I could have had an opera career at one stage. Yeah. There was a time when, I may be lying and making this up, but I think Joan and Richard, maybe, mm. perhaps he may not remember this, is that they wanted me to go to Switzerland, possibly mm. then opera singer. And mm. I was offered a scholarship by someone who came over from the Goethe Institute mm-hmm. to go to Hamburg for six for five years yeah. uh, to study opera. Yeah. And then I went to the opera and I thought, ooh, I want to do acting. Yeah. But op- and I thought because I didn't quite like the artifice of it. Yeah. However, opera has changed a great deal since then. Yeah, yeah, days. yeah. But but I mean the whole area of musical theatre has changed dramatically. It, well it has, and of course what's changed it was uh, is radio mics. Yeah. Uh, and that's created problems in musical mm. theatre as mm. well, in its own problems. And and it's created, not having radio mics has created problems in opera as mm. well, in its own way. But I've always felt a connection, be- or no difference between, say, doing film, opera, mm. musical theatre, play school, mm. or a straight play or Shakespeare play. Yeah. The same problems are there. It's just a matter of having a different understanding your craft. In yeah, the well, way that cooking has is basically the same things, you're using heat, you're using things, ingredients. It's just the way you prepare them and the techniques. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because, um, you know, you've had incredible success as an actor with the National Theatre mm-hmm. and, you know, other famous theatres around the world. So in your mind, when you're preparing for a performance, mm. um, what's your mindset when you're doing a play? or uh, And how does that differ to when you're doing what, a Javert, for example? Okay. It's something that I try and teach, and it's very hard mm. to explain it. The biggest challenge we have as singers is that we have to do so much work in isolation. Mm. And that's the problem with opera singers. Mm. I'm in complete admiration of them. Uh, of course, when operas were written, they were often bespoke for, the, for a certain person. Yeah, that's so right. that person yeah. didn't have to gear themselves and age into that role. Mm. Mm. We now have to get there, and you have to fit something that was specifically written for that person, mm. which happens in musicals. Mm. But because you work in isolation, you don't learn how to react with another actor. Mm. And the same on film. You suddenly learn your part, and then you get on film, and you have to interact with another character. 
And that's where the problem starts, mm. in opera or in film or in a play. I think it's very, very important for me. I always imagine, imagine some sort of reaction to what I'm doing. Mm. So if I play something and I go, I want you, and I have to imagine that that causes a response in the other actor. I have to know their line, and I don't know how they're going to respond, mm. and no matter how I get that line back, I have to be ready to play it another way. Mm. And I think when you learn in isolation, you learn your bit and you don't learn the response to the other actor. Mm. So the big challenge in musicals and film is what you do when you're not singing. Mm. And that's the challenge for all opera singers, yeah. all musical theatre things, all actors. Yeah. And the answer is you do nothing. You wait for the response. And I, I, I love opera. Mm. Uh, but the challenge for opera singers is literally what you do when I'm not singing. Mm. So if I go, and the orchestra goes, bum, 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 bum. if they do that, what you'll get an opera singer, and then the musical, they go, bum, 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 bum. and I don't mean to exaggerate. No, 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 but, but you know, know exactly, exactly what, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. When in fact, what you do nothing, because the reason the composers put that bum, 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 is the reaction to the chorus or someone goes. So if I walk mm. in and say, stand at attention, everyone, you know, and then that goes, pop, pop, pop. The opera singer, because they've learnt in isolation, and the actor mm. and the musical theatre person, tends to overact mm. the reaction. Mm. And you have to imagine that when I say standard attention, everyone, you are you you don't have to do anything because the orchestration is doing what the chorus has to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And because you get very little rehearsal time, yeah. and the emphasis is on your volume. You, yeah. And volume is a big problem. Well, yeah, well, yeah it, it's a big thing, yeah. Because I've been to Covent Garden many times and I've seen some not very good performances. Mm. But they're adored because people say, oh, it's a, oh, it's a big instrument. Yes, that's or right. Or if someone's got a small, fine voice, they say, oh, it's a small instrument. And uh, which is a little unfair mm. in a sense, you know, because we have to find ways of filling those big spaces. Mm. And of course, I said it was easy when they were bespoke. So for me, whenever I'm reading a script or ever, I always imagine some reaction to what I'm doing. The same with play school. Mm. If I'm sitting in play school and I'm saying, oh, hello, everyone, you know, we're playing, hello, everyone, I imagine the kids go, oh, hi. I don't go, hello everyone, we've got ducks in play school today. But you actually look at the camera and go, oh, hello everyone. You imagine the child goes, hello. Then you have a new thought, oh, I'm glad you hear you thinking, mm -hmm. we've got ducks in play school today. And they go, ducks. And then you go, see? So you always imagining imagined response. Mm. And the same in theatre, if you're doing Shakespeare, if I'm going to be or not to be, I imagine the audience goes, what? And I go, that is the question. Mm. Do you understand? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that it's, and again, with musicals, you have to learn your part in isolation, but you get a longer time to understand and rehearse what the reaction mm. is, your reaction is. And does it, that make sense? It does, but there's, there's another thing that I wanted to ask you about too. Um, there's a difference uh, yeah. uh, between opera singers. So with opera singers, you may do three performances a week. Yeah. When you're doing a musical or, or a play, mm -hmm. you're doing eight shows a week. Mm. So. There are a few things with that. Firstly, that puts, puts a lot of, well, it's enormous discipline yes. to do a performance every day, sometimes yeah. twice a day. Mm -hmm. And also the stress that that has on you 
um, when you're doing a run for 18 months or something mm. like that. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about that and that, how that affects the way you perform? Well, again, I'm in awe of opera singers, partly because of the size that you have mm. to do. Although, I never do a, a mic'd performance as if I've got a microphone. Mm. I always sing it mm. as if it's absolutely acoustic. Yeah. So when I sing quieter, my diction has to increase tenfold. Mm -hmm. Musical theatre is hard because you've got lots of glottal sounds. Mm. Because, you know, you've got to, especially yeah. in English. Yeah. Americans got the R, which they allied, and it softens a little bit. Mm. And we get great, heavier American opera singers, especially in the mm. women that serves. You know. But I, for someone my age, my voice is in pretty good nick, mm. partly because I haven't done it constantly. Mm. I've taken gaps for three years to go mm. off and do film or something else. Mm. And that's given it a break. I think the problem with musical theatre is a lot of voices wear out. Mm, absolutely. Because you have to sing through illness. Mm. You, uh, you uh, a lot of the time, they're not written for a certain vocal range. Yeah. Everyone loves the screech and the yes, big belt right. now, and it's very difficult. Yeah. Women have to do that, that belt mix sort mm -hmm. of stuff, which doesn't happen in opera. You have yeah. certain roles that are controlled to or whatever that your vocal cords yeah. are trained and designed for. I think when I, for instance, when I did Les Miserables, by the time I had two shows on Thursday, one on Friday, two on Saturday, mm. Sunday came, I could barely speak because yeah. it had all those, those yeah. growls, yeah. which I learned to do by setting them up around my tonsils and mm. not on my vocal folds. Mm. And you had to learn how to do it. But I found if I took Sunday off, I couldn't sing Monday. So on Sunday night, at 7.30 when the show started, I sang the show mm -hmm. in exactly the time that I did it. I didn't mm. sing it all through. I started at 7.30, did the opening number, and that entrance that comes out, he's got 42, 42 Fs. Now mm. bring me prisoner, two, four, six, or one, your time. It's like that. Mm. And that's hard for a baritone. Absolutely. Coming at F, 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 yeah. F, on diction. Yeah. And it, I found it, if I had the time off, it did it, it so what happened when you had a cold, it mm. became a real challenge. Mm. Mm. And it's terrifying. Yeah. And a lot of singers in musical theatre do that because they don't want to get off mm. because people, they're, being, they're, they're known for that role. You know the th same thing, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're doing it. However, I think that the mic sound has become problematic in itself mm. because it flattens the performance out if you're not careful. It's a bit like a painting, a watercolour painting, mm. you know, where you have no dimension. When sound is mixed, if you sing quiet, you'll often get an operator pushing you up. That's right. So, and when you get loud, they will sometimes exactly. pull you down. Yeah. So it becomes flat. And the audience doesn't have to listen. They just sit back and they fold their arms. Mm. Now, when I was doing Mary Poppins, it was really, really interesting because they allowed the, the kids to eat in the theatre, mm -hmm. which I don't think they should. Mm. Uh, and what you would hear was a massive amount of rattling paper with magnums and, and um, what's his name, what are they called, Maltesers. Maltesers, yeah. Incidentally, that paper has been designed specifically to make noise because it, it hits a Pavlovian response. Mm -hmm. When you're at the supermarket and you rattle those pieces of paper, people go, ooh. 
So the more they remember the old day fan towels or yeah, soft wax paper, yeah. no yeah. noise. Maltesers, so mm. they sell more. And the louder that the noise got, the more the sound went up. The more mm -hmm. the sound went up, the louder the audience yeah, got. Of course. So we started yeah. chasing each other. Yeah. And uh, and I think opera. You have to. <laughs> Here we go. This is where singing opera and everything to me is like film. Mm. My voice lasted because I knew exactly what shot I was on on stage. Mm -hmm. So if the light is small and tight, I could sing quieter, yeah. like a close-up on film. Mm. When it's in wide shot, I could sing big, mm -hmm. and that was part of the thing. So I knew I could conserve my voice when I was in a smaller moment. Mm. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Otherwise, what happened was, and I've seen it in musical theatre, people just sing loud all the time. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because and they don't know what shot they're on. Yeah, and it gets boring. And it gets boring. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's that demarcation between opera and musical theatre, because I don't like all that stuff yeah, sure. as well. Yeah, yeah. In the same way that I don't think opera singers have to do all that yeah. acting. Yeah. But when you see the very best opera singers, mm. Who are given time? Say, I remember watching Richard Ayres, Carmen with uh, Alina Garanka, is it? Garancia, yeah. Garancia? <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me, I'm not a linguist. I, uh, it flipped Carmen on its head for me. Yeah. Because she didn't do all that, you know, that sexy stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was, she just did it as the Prosper Miramay story says. Mm in the way of both women and cats, not to come when called, but to come when not called, mm -hmm. she came towards me. She did it like that. Yeah. She brought the audience to her mm. and she allowed the reaction of people to have, she didn't overwork it. Yeah. So she didn't do the other actors work for her. I don't know whether you ever saw the performance. No, I didn't, but I saw a wonderful performance that uh, Lena Wertmuller directed of uh, Carmen yeah. once in Naples. Yes. With a wonderful singer, Marta Sen. And it was the sexiest Carmen I've ever seen. Yes. But it's the same sort of thing. She made you come to come her. Come to her. And I, suspe I suspect that's what happened with me th with Javert. Yeah. Is that oh, I, I didn't so. have to work very hard because Trevor Nunn, the original director, mm. directed it so the, I would only have to literally just do that on stage. And the whole, the whole of the crowd would go... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I remember seeing you doing it, and yeah. I think one of the great things about it was um, what you did with it. It was he wasn't a music hall villain. You were so still that whenever you did something, of course. Well, you that's what the text it. says. Yeah, it what says there's a moment when he in the book where he says his 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 uh, kerchief was just slightly askew. Mm. And to anyone else, they wouldn't have noticed, but to someone who knew Javert, it was tantamount to a freight train derailing. Yeah. And that economy, but it was given to me by the original director. Yeah. And I think if you haven't got enough rehearsal time, if you're playing those big romantic mm. roles in opera, and you don't understand, and the chorus don't come into the last minute, mm -hmm. and you don't, you naturally feel like uh, uh, vulnerable. Yeah. And the same like, in musical theatre? Yeah, you feel like you've got to do something. You've got to do something. Yeah. And, and they need time, and yeah. we have, and like all things, no musicals now, we don't, we used to get six weeks. Mm. Now you have to learn the roles in three weeks in commercial musicals, mm. because they're done overseas. Yeah. Then you come in and you, and Chinese whispers distort it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, um, 
And recently I was working with some of your younger... Well, I was going to talk to you about this yeah. because um, you've done everything, uh, you know, as an actor, <laughs> uh, actor, singer, and, yeah. you know, in the greatest theatres and film and everything. But recently um, you've become more involved in teaching. Well, I've always taught and I started doing a lot more masterclass type stuff in in England mm. because the, I did masterclasses for the Peter Hall Foundation mm. what a, and you do them at and a thousand people would turn up just wow. to watch you work because mm. I don't believe that there's an art you know you have to work at it yeah. and people all want a touchstone secret oh mm. That's if right. I copy Philip then it'll be work but yeah. a lot of that work is done here I spend a lot of time teaching. I teach at NIDA and most, a lot of places all over the world in New and York. you've been teach. working with our young artists. Yes, here, and I've been working with your young artists. It's been which wonderful. You, uh, I think Donna Volson and I, mm. you, got, you got us together. And yeah. unfortunately, COVID cut that off. Yeah. But I found it thrilling. Mm. Because well, they, they thought it was wonderful. Oh, look, and I, I hope we can sort of do more oh, of it. Oh, we will, yeah. Uh, but it was fantastic for mm. them because what we did was we looked at the text and I'm not a great musician, but by the time we were looking at Wagner, so mm. your job is to work out why, um, uh, why that piece of music's there. And it's mm. often not about you, mm. it's about staging. Mm. So if you know that, look, don't do anything on that because the focus sing that, the camera goes across to the other person, they walk four steps across. And when you're done analysing the text, you understand that he's written all the orchestration mm. for staging and your yeah. job is to, to decipher that. And mm. that's what we started doing mm. with these, these younger people. Mm. You know, when you start hearing the orchestration, when Mimi's outside the, the house and we hear that clock mm. chime in the orchestration, mm. uh, if you're not careful, that just disappears. Yeah. But he's put it there specifically, which gives you an acting thing to do. So you're waiting outside, the, the clock goes, what's the clock represent? Time going, your death, you haven't got much time. You play that, someone enters and then you're there. Otherwise you're not. Mm. So we were doing a lot of research into that. Mm -hmm. And it was wonderful to see them relax. Mm. And of course, when they relaxed, their voices were Absolutely. free. Yeah. They stopped that artifice of going, Bleh! they weren't doing that <laughs> because they, all they had to do was sing, bah. Yeah. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Because they knew what they were doing yeah. and it's very hard. Well, I mean, the whole thing about whether it's acting or singing or playing an instrument, um, it's about being able to relax so that you can allow the sound to come out rather than having to drive it out. Well, I, I think that's absolutely right. And again, because you're learning with a teacher or a repetitor in, you're, you're concentrating on sound. Yeah. But you've got to get to the stage, and I thought they were wonderful. They were at that stage where they need to stop thinking about mm. this instrument, because mm. it's there, mm. stop listening to yourself, mm. because it's already fit, yeah. and uh, then just play your actions and play what you're doing, and the voice is there. Mm. Incidentally, so, I just remember, I remember years ago, Domingo, mm and Marilyn Horne coming to see a mm -hmm. performance. I did a Chauvet in London yeah. and Marilyn asking me uh, who I went to singing lessons to and mm. I said, I've never had one. <laughs> I've, never, I've never had a teacher and she said, well, keep going to them, they're very good. Yes. And <laughs> I, I know that sounds a bit funny, but if it's not broke, don't muck oh, around look, with it. Do you, look, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, look, and I've spoken to various singers uh, here on OATV and um, look, some of the teaching is just not very good and people can go to have singing lessons and frankly, they, they get worse. 
Yes. And I, so with mm. Domingo too, Domingo never had a teacher. No, no. And so it's, you know, I think the first thing is trusting your instincts. If it, if it hurts, well, you better stop doing it. Yes, that's right. And sometimes it can be just one thing you do yeah. that's hurting your voice. Yeah. And often you're doing it because it's the wrong acting choice. Yeah. Or yeah. that you're forcing yeah, something that's on that's not. Yeah. If the acting choices are right, the voice looks after itself, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the Domingo, unfortunately, he's a bit sort of. Yeah. yeah. But he also said to me, uh, he, he was the first one that said to me about warming the voice down. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. He said, uh, you don't have to warm the voice up so much. Mm. Because you hear a lot of people going, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they've done half a show before they get on. And then when they get on, they can't sing. Well, it's because it's created tension, because yeah. you're thinking ahead. Yeah. And he would, and Joan was like, she'd just go and do the knitting and on. She did, absolutely. And, she never and warmed up. he said, the most important thing is you have to trust the instrument's fit. Mm. The warm-up in great roles is often written within yeah. the role, so yeah. you don't get to the big aria until, well, well Wagner's mm. a bit different, of course, mm. but... You, uh, and he just said the most important thing is to warm your voice down. Mm -hmm. So that put me onto a whole thing about, again, con looking after my voice. Yeah. I never, sp I didn't speak during the days, yeah. of course. Yeah. But then you don't whisper either. No, 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 no. I did a lot of sirening, yeah. just to keep, mm. but when I came off after a big number, I would warm the voice down. Because mm -hmm. he, I remember him saying something, it's like you have to put the tracksuit back on. Yeah. And you'll see it in sports people now. You know, when yeah. after swimming, they go to the warm-down pool. That's right. Oh, if all football players, football everyone players, does. They're, they're keeping it. And, and massages. Yeah. Uh, they, they do that warming down. Mm. And often, of course, in opera, you know, you've got people coming in with your flowers That's and your right. thing, and you've got talking <laughs> after a performance. And that half an hour, I think he used to close the door, possibly, mm. you mm. know. Uh, so I found that interesting. Yeah, and we talked about that with the young with the young, young people artists. about oh, good. because <clears throat> what happens with your voice is we f we focus so much on it look when you're a baby mm. and you're born you scream for that's right 10 hours you don't lose your voice mm. when you're hungry yeah. the only thing that stops you losing your voice is dehydration mm. but we develop it our parents encourage us to talk and mm. do all that and then we get to school and we're told to shut up mm. So the thing we've been encouraged to use for three or four years and attain all this language is now our enemy. Yeah, yeah. And we now, it's now a problem for us. And we go, you talk too much, or shh. Well, Do you ever stop talking? Well, also, people live in apartments and they can't make any noise. That's an so, interesting thing. So then they hold it in, um, which again, you know, it's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And... Uh, and then that's at the point where you, your voice becomes a separate entity to yeah. you. When you're yeah. a child, you, your voice is not separate from mm. you. But when you're made conscious of it to be quiet, then all of a sudden you go, oh, my voice. Yeah. And, and then singers talk about the voice the in voice. the third person. But it's you. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we start, it starts to become this little Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder mm. going, oh my. And then, then it becomes a psychological yeah. thing. And Sis Berry, when I was at the Royal Shakespeare Company, said, look, sometime, a lot of the time with your voice, you've got to tell it you're in charge. Mm. So you've got to give it a kick in the guts. Mm. Sometimes it goes, I don't want to play. You've got to, oh, hang on, is it that wants to play or that? Mm. It's not separate. You've got to say, hey, you, Philip, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Mm. And it's, it'll, come th it'll come through, mm. if that makes sense. Um, uh, can, we, can we talk a little bit about, I mean, as I said, you've had a phenomenal career. What were the things that, um, or maybe there was one thing, uh, that you enjoyed the most when you were performing? 
Because we should say that you know you've stepped back from performing now to do well, other things. Well, okay. The first thing I have to say is that I I, I made a decision decision to retire from musicals a couple of years ago mm. after I did Follies at the National Theatre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was some of the best work I'd ever done mm -hmm. because it, it landed really in my guts of yeah. where I was at that age. Mm. I'd done it a couple of times in concert. I'd done it with the London Philharmonic. Mm. I'd done a concert version of it in Melbourne and then it suddenly hit at the National and I was with some tremendous performance, mm. performers. But I had such a wonderful time doing it where everything came together, the costumes, mm. the designer, the collaborative notion, the director I thought was one, it was his first musical, mm -hmm. but he'd run the, uh, Dominique Cook, he'd run the Royal Court for 10 years. Yeah. He, he brought so much fun and humour to it and he cast it very well, I thought, and everyone just did their job. Mm. And the problem with musicals and, and operas and music is that they're not often a great experience because mm. we're dealing with fear. Yep. We, uh, and in musicals form, as Sondheim says, it's not an, it's not an art form, it's a blood sport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because everyone is an expert. Yeah. They think they can see it. Mm. And when you go to the opera, everyone is, even the person sitting, oh, the voice is not yeah, know, yeah, full. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know. And if you stuff up uh, on a big note, mm. that's all that's remembered. So yeah. there's an amazing amount of stress yeah. and tension there. So I, uh, after that, I decided I'd retire. Mm. And, but I feel, Lyndon, I've been very lucky because I've been in the position, position to choose, but there's never been a role that I've wanted or desired to play, mm. ever. Mm. Because I'm not that, I'm too insecure or not that egotistical to think that, oh, I'd be good at it. Mm. Because I've seen too many productions with a great actor in a very bad show. Mm which means it's about collaboration. Yeah. That if a director come, if I audition, and I always went into audition and then it sometimes would appear arrogant, but I would treat it not as an audition, but as the first rehearsal mm -hmm. to let's see if we can work together. Mm. I used to think openly, look, what would you like me to try? Or can I try it this way? And mm. if they'd say, no, we haven't got time, then I didn't want to work with them. Yeah. I think yeah. it was just as well. Mm. And it backfired a number of times. but. I'd sing and I'd go, even as a young actor, I would go, look, look, uh, I'm not happy with that. Can, could you give me something to... And we felt we started working straight away. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I always approached my roles. And that's why I thought, I haven't always been good, but I, I've, it's always filled to collaboration. Mm. And as I've got older, uh, the people to collaborate with and the roles partly because you've got embedded musicals. Mm. You know, they sit in those theatres for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. They're copy books of what's already been done before. Mm. Mm. There's a very short rehearsal time. You often don't get a chance to make your own, make to, to coin make it, make it your it. Yeah. own. Yeah, that's right. And it's the problem with opera as well. You Absolutely. Know, you, you fly someone in, they yeah. do the role that they've done before, and it's it's a constant problem. And yeah. that's financial as much as anything. Yeah, and it does I didn't quite answer the question, but for me, sorry, it's for me, it's always been collaborative. Yeah, yeah. And my greatest experiences have been ones where I feel it's been a working relationship mm. with the director and the other actors, yeah. as opposed yeah. to me... I'm, I'm too insecure to think I did that. Mm. Oh, I was good in that. <laughs> yes. No, I was only 
if I was good, it was only because of the designer, the thing. You know, do you, do you yeah. understand? No, I know exactly what you mean. And it's a bit like, um, well, to, to take it to sport too. If And um, many people know that I like rugby league and, yeah. and so on. But um, um, often the person who, is, who throws the last pass, the support player who gives it to the person who scores the try is the real hero. Yes. But it's the person who scores the try that jumps up and, you know... Goes yahoo, yeah, yahoo. Yeah, yeah. And so I often look at teams and see who's actually creating the opportunities yeah. for the other people to do well. Yeah. And I think that's what you're talking about yeah. in, in, in our business. And, yes. You know, often, well, it doesn't happen that often. But, and because of the circumstances that you mentioned. But when it does, it's fantastic. Yeah. And people who know, know. Yeah, that's right. If you know the game of football... Yeah. ..and you really are... I've been watching Latrell Mitchell grow Yeah, recently, yeah, absolutely. But that, that, those last quick passes yeah, that he yeah, does... Yeah, yeah, It wouldn't have been a try, but that speed, it goes out, cos South's a little bit mm. green, and my wife's yeah, a yeah. South supporter. But, you know, it's... Forward for four, yeah. run it on the run it on the fifth, whatever, and or kick on the fifth. Yeah, and it's yeah. been a bit boring yeah, lately. I agree. Yeah. But when it hits that, you can feel when the try is about to be scored by yeah. the playmaker. That's right. Yeah. Do you know you can just yeah. feel it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it should be on stage. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. But um, just just talking about um, because I know you love teaching. Yeah. Um, you mentioned we were just having a chat the other day again, mm -hmm. um, but um, you talked about you know giving someone a microphone to ah. give them away. Uh, to find uh, how they can perform better. Uh, yes, uh, it's been interesting because I'm uh, teaching some young musical theatre vocational one-year diploma course at yeah. NIDA and uh, the COVID stopped their learning mm. practice. So normally what happens is that you get up and you practise musical theatre mm. songs, you practise reaction. They're almost impossible to practise because you take them out of context. Yeah. You've got no props. And so much of acting is about behaviour. Mm. You know, are you picking up a sword? Are you lifting a goblet? Mm. You don't have all those props in a rehearsal room. Yeah. So they don't know what to do with their hands. Mm -hmm. Made doubly that way because they now are so used to having a mobile phone in their hand. Mm. When that goes down, they don't know what to do. So they mm. sing a song and they go, hello. When in fact you've got to go, hello. You yeah. wait, you know. So they don't even know what to do with their arms anymore. Yeah, yeah. They suddenly had to jump into a cabaret mm. thing recently and when they had microphones in their hand, they were free. Mm. They didn't sort of think, what do I do? Mm. And a microphone tells the audience that it's an artifice. In a way, it becomes more filmic mm. because you, d you, you don't think that I'm not doing anything when I'm not acting. Mm. You know, if I go, you know, some enchanted evening, what do I do on the gap? Yeah. You may, but if I go, some enchanted evening, I might do that. Yeah. You may see a stranger, you yeah. just do that mm. and it's alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? It does, totally. So I went back and looked at the three tenors and I thought, because it's really still stunning to Oh, watch. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Luciano's got his prop. <laughs> yes, that's and, right. But, but once they had a microphone in front of them, it took away the need to do all that, mm. that, that stuff. And yeah. it's something we should talk about because maybe yeah. it's a way that we could get opera singers to start doing things with a microphone. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You know? But, you know, you mentioned Pavarotti. Well, he, he, his prop was the, 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 the handkerchief, was yeah. the microphone for him. Yeah. And that's right because it just gave you something just to hang on to. Yeah. And an actor often needs it. You know, mm. just by putting a hand on a, on, on a sword, yeah, you yeah. walk in. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and because acting is mostly about behaviour. Mm. And again, if you're practising your, your singing at home or with your singing teacher, mm. you often stand and it's when in fact that's not what happens. Mm. You should be practising your singing, making the toast, opening yeah, yeah, the yeah. fridge, yeah, yeah. and the, the thought is interrupted. Acting is all interrupted thought. Mm. Mm. I'm singing something, a new thought comes in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I've, I've been thinking in this period, I'm doing a lot more work with kids with microphones. Mm because it allows them to, to understand the filmic version yeah. and fills in that gap a little for them. Mm. You, you still don't sing quieter, like this microphone technique. Mm. Even so, if you sing louder, you've got to learn to bring the exactly. mic out. Yeah, yeah. You, it can be done. Yeah. It stops you doing histrionics, because mm. musical theatre people, when they, again, when they get a gap, you know, they might sing, you know, I'm, I'm just a girl who can't say no. What do you do? <laughs> but now if you've got that, I'm just a girl who can't say no, it tells you you're relating to the audience. Yeah. That's yeah. why cabaret in a way works, mm. uh, or that bar singing, because you're, when you, it's cause and effect. Yeah. I'm singing something, you imagine someone moves over there, so you turn to them. Mm. And you did it in Shakespeare as well. Mm. The greatest performer I was on stage with was Roger Allen, who's mm -hmm. terrific. He was the original Javert. We mm -hmm. were at the RSC, but he'd be doing a scene with you, and, and or he'd be doing a soliloquy, and he'd be talking to God, and someone would cough, and he'd go, and suddenly he would talk to that person. He controlled the audience. Yeah. If someone, fi if the audience fidgets, you could see him just wait, and he would settle them down. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And yeah. it's the same. If I went to be or not to be, you cough. If after to be or not to be, mm. I go to be or not to be. You cough. Yeah. But that is the question. Mm. You you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's, Absolutely. And, and that's why yeah. I worry about what's going to happen to our audience. Yeah. Yeah. So the microphone, I think, allows you to imagine that you're talking mm. to a live. Yeah. Audience. That's fantastic. Sorry, I'm so loquacious. I no, no, it's fantastic. I become passionate, bipolar <laughs> well, about no, it. You're tremendously passionate about it, which I love. Yeah. But um, there's another aspect of uh, what you do that uh, we haven't touched on yet, and that is you're, you're now writing uh, quite a bit. Well, I, I've always written. Yeah. I write scenes for students all the time. Uh -huh. Because it's very difficult to find material that they, if you give them a play, they go straight to YouTube and see the performance mm -hmm. and you come in and you have to unlearn it. Yeah. I don't believe in character mm. as such. For instance, I was just, and it's on now, I believe, on television between two worlds. I mm -hmm. don't watch it on Channel 7, but mm. we, I was doing a scene that was supposed to be around a swimming pool mm. and I'm supposed to throw all the furniture in the pool. It was raining one day. I don't, I might, it wasn't between two worlds, it was something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, it rained, so we had to go inside, and the director says, we're doing it in the bed with your wife. So it, how do I play that scene? Well, all I did was do it really quietly. I get out of bed slowly, I pick up the pillow, I look at it like I want to kill her with it, mm. and I put it gently on the bed and walk out. Is that a different character to the one that threw it in the pool? Mm. No, given circumstances. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're the things that I, you know, I, I, uh, I spend a lot of time working with the students mm. on. So mm. I, I write scenes, so they've got, a, they've got no preconceptions. Mm. And I'll give the same scene 
to 15 different groups or yeah. couples, 20, 10 different, send them away to work on it. They come back. It's extraordinary how mm -hmm. the same piece of work can be interpreted by different people. Yeah. So it instills in them the need to actually try things differently mm. or that you can actually interpret anything. And that's yeah. why I write, because I try and find ways that force them to think outside the box mm. instead of copy. Mm. Mimicking's a, a very, very difficult thing now for young yeah. people. Yeah. When I, once upon a time, I could say to an actor, say 15 years ago, listen, you're indicating that moment. Mm. And they, would get, they knew exactly what I yeah, meant, yeah. or you're yeah. demonstrating. Yeah. I say that now, and they really don't have any idea what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I have to find things on television and show them. Uh -huh. And then we can do it, teach that way. Yeah. And that's partly because they're used to filming themselves, taking a photo or a selfie and going, oh, I don't like it, and readapting it mm -hmm. visually, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm doing a lot of uh, work where I use a metronome now. Uh huh. And I will give, I will write a scene, and I'll have the metronome going. And if I've got a, if I haven't written the scene, they really will find it hard. But when the metronome, it's a visual thing as well, because they can see that tick out of like a conductor out of the corner. This is acting scenes. Yeah. That keeps the pressure on them, so that when they have a pause. And they're going, I don't know. It's alive. Sometimes I think, but now what we get is if the metronome's not there, they go, I don't know. Sometimes I, yes, or they'll go, I don't know. Um, little arms creep in. Mm. But that tells them they can sit in it. When I write the material, that's fine. I've, mm. Look, when I die, there's drawers full of plays. <laughs> of well, I'm sure. I was about work, to say. Work, poems. You, of you, you, I, I don't know how you fit everything into a day. Well, I, I, mean, I tell you how I fit it in. I, the one I've just written recently, I thought about it for three weeks. And like Alan Akeborn, I wish, because I think he's much maligned, mm. I set three days aside and didn't go to bed and just knocked it off. Yeah. And uh, I, I think in another world, I, I would like to be—I would have liked to have been a writer because I like that solitary thing. Mm, mm. I'm a fisherman, and fishing's not sitting there. It's mm. very, very active. Mm. You know, I'm working and working out where it goes. It's mm. all problem-solving: tides, moons, everything. Mm. There's a science about it, and I've, I've found, for instance, that in order to get people to understand iambic pentameter and Shakespeare. Mm. I will go into the class and write 10 lines of iambic pentameter before we start. Mm -hmm. I will go into the class and write an iambic line, 10, ten lines of iambic pentameter, female ending, before we start. And once you point that out to them, then they start writing themselves. I get them to write in iambic pentameter. Mm -hmm because they've lost the rhythm of speech yeah. at the mo moment, because our language has become percussive, yeah. because of typing. Yep. We don't have the differentiation between long sounds, short sounds, mm. and diphthongs. So if I can get them to write longhand, because mm. longhand's got the dots, yeah. and cursive as well, mm -hmm. <laughs> if they can. Otherwise, if they tap, murder will be murder. <laughs> if they write it out, it's murder. Yeah. Yeah. So I get them to write, I encourage them to write 
encourage them to slow down, learn slow, act fast. So for me, writing has been that part of, of my body. I write poetry and I think some of them have been very good. Mm. Some of them are atrocious, but it's dealing with form. Yeah. I'm obsessed with form. And does that, does that help you, um, well, firstly, to express yourself in a different way, uh, but also does it open a door for you into how you can communicate, um, well, the art of acting uh, to other people? Although I said I was loquacious and I like to talk, that's nervousness. A lot mm. of the time you think you're going to be found out. <laughs> yes. you know, this is the day that I will say something offensive. Mm. I Look, I, I, I do believe in lineage. Mm. And for me, I, I'm obsessed with etymology. I didn't learn another language. Mm. I didn't read a book until I was 16. I'm a dilettante. Mm. I've had to teach myself. Mm. And I became interested in that, working off a farm, being alone, a lot of things yeah. being alone. It's, it's, it's allowed me to, well, to be a thinker mm. in yeah. a sense, you know? But I mean, you always were, and the way you prepared even things like play school, yeah. you'd obviously thought about how you would play that character, and it is a character. Well, um, I had to find a character. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And again, I had a different character when I was with Noni yeah. than when I was with Benita. Of course, yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. You, you just, and genuinely, I, I tend not, I, when I was with Benita, I, she was a bit more serious. Mm. So my character then became very naughty. Mm. Mm. When I was with Noni, who's uh, a, a completely different sort of relaxed person, I, Benita wouldn't be offended that I'd say she was no, a bit no, more sure, serious, yeah, you know. Yeah. She's a different age. And, yeah. and the wonderful thing about play school is that children call you by your first name. Mm. They're looking at you at eye level. Yeah. And they've got your complete attention mm. for a half an hour. Yeah. I think it's different now because play school was shot in those days. The camera started, didn't stop. Yeah. yeah. Now they shoot it. Yeah. No, look, I haven't watched it for a long time. Well, but I, in my belief, it's become flat. Yeah. And exactly by the sound. Because yeah, when yeah. you just join the bits together... Yeah. There's no performance element. That's right, yeah. It um, compressed. So, look, uh, uh, look, I don't know, Lyndon. I think, I think... I think my acting has improved as I don't care. Mm. Well, that's about being relaxed too, isn't it? It is and it isn't, mm. because I, I remember Helen Mirren said this fantastic thing, that as she's grown older, her fear has grown exponentially. Uh-huh. But she's learnt that it's bad manners and ungracious to share that fear amongst others. Yeah. So I suppose my first thing in a rehearsal room with all people is to say, look, let's all agree that we're all terrified and afraid. Mm. Let's get rid of any behaviour in the room. We know that it's hard. If it's mm. hard, we wouldn't be here. Mm. We want to be better. And holistically, when I teach in terms of character or work or language, uh, is to try and keep all that, oh, God, I find this difficult out mm. of the room because, mm. of course, it's difficult. Yeah. But if I'm behaving like that, I'm forcing, I'm giving behaviour that's making someone else have to ignore it before they mm. can do their work. Mm. 
So let's just put our heads down and work. Mm. Now, by reading the classics and by studying those classical texts, you learn, and this is what I feel I've discovered, and by writing and studying mm. the writing and reading the Iliad or, mm. or whatever, not quite understanding it, and by somehow trying to write it and copy them and understand the craft involved, mm. You first of all understand the time that a writer put into that. Hmm. If you sit down and try and write some lyrics, yeah, 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 and you study how son and try and write something like Santan, yeah. but it's not as simple as you think <laughs> it is. Not simple at Once all. you do that, the respect that comes for you that yeah. someone has devoted so much time and hours to the craft, hmm. and we tend not to give it that. Once you try and write that, for me as an actor, you respect that much more. Hmm. And it's incumbent upon you to invest as much time into that text as the writer put into it in the first mm. place. We take mm. it for granted. Mm. And that's why writing for me has allowed me that, that to really have that inner depth, you yeah. know? And yeah. even writing, trying to write an pentameter, you understand why the end of the line is important. Mm. It's that length, da dum pa dum pa dum pa dum pa dum probably because there's a theory that it was the length of a Celtic sword. Mm -hmm. So a blacksmith would hold the length of that <laughs> here like that across the anvil. You'd have yeah. two hammers going ba-dum, 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 ba-dum as you pull the sword across. Yeah. The end of the line goes, move the sword up, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. That's fascinating. And it's so it's the language of walking. Yeah. Uh, Chaucer did, used it first. So once you start writing it, you discover that. Mm. You understand there's a caesura in the middle of the every line. You mm -hmm. don't have to, to breathe. To be or not to be caesura, that is the question, female ending, whether when you write it, you understand exactly what it's done. Mm. Mm. And that's why when I sing, I would spend ages reading the lyrics first. Mm. I don't, don't even go near a piece of music mm. before you start. Mm. Because you have to, most of the time, and in opera, the libretto came first. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so that's why Mozart and people wrote, except Wagner wrote his own, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. And you go, ah, he knew exactly what he's doing. Mm. He's giving the, the, they gave the value in music to what you give in speech. Yeah. And of course, it's different with French, it's different with Russian. You've totally. got to understand yeah. that rhythm. Yeah. yeah. I know that when I try and write American style writing, that the music is different because you allied the R. Mm. There's no glottal, so. Mm you uh, and they stress personal pronouns mm. and that that rhythm was in the writing yeah so I think you writing has allowed me to to find all, all, the all things those that, things yeah that, that, you, that make you well who you are well yeah and I, I suppose uh, all I can do as a teacher is to try and enthuse people to give it a go if they choose mm. to do it then that's they, they do or they don't. Every now yeah. and then, you, you, it's, it's wonderful to see the light go on in a student. Mm. You know, and, and Stephen Sondheim, who was the greatest teacher in a way that, and Trevor Nunn to that, mm. but Stephen Sondheim was a most wonderful teacher in all the times that I've, I've come up. He would, he, would, he would tell you, Philip, like for instance, I remember doing Follies just that recently, and there's a line, you're either a poet or you're a lover or you're the famous, Benjamin Stone, it's written as Benjamin Stone. Mm -hmm. And he said, Philip, why has he written it? Benjamin Stone, why has he done that? 
And he said, Philip, could you tap your chest when you're seeing that? Because first of all, the audience knows as you as Ben. But you've yeah. got to remind them that your name is Benjamin. Mm -hmm. When you call, everyone has called you Ben. When you go Benjamin, it, you might hate that name, he said. So, because, you know, do, I, do you like being called Benjamin? But mm. it, your father might have said, called you Benjamin. Yeah. So when he says, you're either a poet or you're a lover or you're the famous Benjamin Stone. I tap my chest and it goes that, I nearly swore, Benjamin Stone. It gives you an attitude. Yeah. He'd written that rhythm absolutely for, physic, for physicality. Mm. Mm. And if, if you don't, you just do it. And then, sure. and then people go, oh, I don't like sometimes he's got those funny rhythms. Mm. But he's generally giving you an acting reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you speak the lyrics, you're either a poet or you're a lover or you're the famous Benjamin Stone. If I go famous Benjamin, if I don't do that movement, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And by speaking it and doing that, you will discover those things. Mm. That's fantastic. Well, Philip, it's been fabulous. I'm really sorry to go. It's wonderful. Uh, I've had a great time, and I'm sure our viewers have oh, Lyndon, too. Oh, Linda, look, I, I'm full of admiration for you. I no, came that's... in today and it was the greatest thrill for me to pass down the Opera Centre mm. those seamstresses and tailors yeah. and they're still yeah. working away like elves, you yeah. know, and it gave me great hope and stuff that things will, you know, will keep going. Yeah, well, we will keep going and yeah. um, we'll do this again because it's been a great joy oh, to, I, I to love chat it. with you. And I love talking about it. I'm sorry if I've bored you, but it's There it's is nothing boring at all. It's fantastic. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini. We hope you've enjoyed the chat and we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way, you'll get each new episode as they're released. We also hope to see you in the theatre in the not-too-distant future. And you can stay up to date with all we've got going on at opera.org.au.